0: hey folks make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at get wrecked podcast on instagram and facebook or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show you can contact us directly via email or i don't know maybe you just want to send us some feet pics you creep i don't know what you're into i don't care we'll review those too what do you think of that huh in any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to gitrektpod at gmail.com. That's G I T R E C D P O D at Gmail Now, back to the show.
1: Alright, so Thor, um last last time we we spoke, you asked me some questions and I feel like I feel like he, it should be reciprocated.
0: Yeah, that would have been the episode because last week we had our Christmas episode. Right, right, right. So it would have been Breath of the Wild. Episode. Yeah, Breath
1: of the Wild. You asked me some questions, some pretty thought-provoking questions, I might add. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do part two. Here, are you are you ready to?
0: Yeah, let's go inside the actor studio yeah. with Micah <clears throat> playing James Lipton today. Thor, <laughs> so, um, what is your favorite word? Hmm plush 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 okay I do it just sounds nice it just <laughs> sounds inviting yeah okay I can see that like it's one of those words that the way the word sounds matches what it means
2: okay yeah it feels like
0: it feels yeah. nice, and it's just I don't know it just feels warm and cozy okay
1: yeah I can get that I can get that something that I don't understand is I used to call stuffed animals stuffed animals and now the term plushy is everywhere.
0: I don't like that. And I don't like, if you add an e to it, don't like it. <laughs> hate it. But isn't that just a stuffed
1: animal? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Right, All right, correct. cool. Yeah. It's just different times, different strokes for different folks, yeah, I guess. But I
0: would never call a stuffed animal a plushy. I I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> that. Well, I didn't even realize it until you said it and I was like, "Oh, I don't like that." Oh, well, um thaw. What is your least favorite word? Plushies clothes. <laughs> no, you know what word I've always, I've always disliked because it just hits me wrong. Hmm. Pregnant. Yeah, I could I could, I can understand
1: that. It's not a very pleasant sounding word for like, for as great of a thing as it as it's supposed
0: to be. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Prego, preggers doesn't bother me. Not at all. Oh
1: yeah, but pregnant.
0: Pregnant. Yeah, actually just hearing it. It just sounds vulgar to me. Okay. I I can't explain it. I also am not a huge fan of the word nugget.
1: (laughs) Do you not like the letter G? Is that what this is?
0: Yeah, maybe hard G's I don't like. Yeah. Uh, What do you think? Like in the middle of a word. Okay. Uh, Eggnog. Yeah, I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right we're I'm finding things for out we're I'm finding for things out as we found out last year i actually do like eggnog yeah which you introduced me to liking eggnog oh i mean because <laughs> i always thought i did <laughs> oh my god so for the longest time i was always like eggnog i don't like that and yeah. then i actually tried it and it was very good i enjoyed it a lot yeah i loved it it's delicious and it this whole, whole time i thought it was because of the egg it's because of the, the G's. Oh. It's the G's. It's the G's, Jerry. <laughs> they hit me wrong, Jerry. They hit me wrong. That's funny. That's funny. <clears throat> All right. Um, so, what turns you on? Uh, A nice, subtle perfume. Oh,
1: yeah. I could see that. Like, not in your face, but kind of it, yeah. it, it kind of surprises you a little bit.
0: Yeah, but like, If I go in to like kiss my wife and I get just like a little whiff of like a nice perfume and not too much, like has to be like a specific, like a light perfume because a bunch of perfume, I hate it. Sure. Hate it. It's too much. Yeah,
1: getting smacked in the face. Like I
0: used to hate walking through the detergent aisle, the soap detergent aisle oh, in the yeah. grocery store because it would just smell so, it would be such a strong smell. I would hate it. When I was a kid, I would like hold my nose and be like, eh! <laughs> <laughs> but like, just the, if I go in to kiss my wife and I smell just a little bit of perfume, yeah, that's the best.
1: Okay, right, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. That's solid. Um, in that case, what turns you off?
0: Being rude or unkind to people in the customer service industry. Okay. Like if like if I'm out with somebody, and they're rude to the waitress or like a cashier or something, unprompted. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say there's never been a situation where it wasn't warranted, but sometimes I feel like people are just they'll like be rude to like waitstaff or something, mm-hmm. um, or just not even treat them politely and kindly. I do not trust that person. I immediately like if I go out to dinner with you and. You're like rude to a server. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm judging you and I know I don't want to be around sure. you. And That's just disgusting to me. Yeah. It's just a gross thing to me.
1: Well, and you were in the food industry as a manager for a while. Yeah. So do, do you think that that has a part of I, it? Yeah,
0: I think that probably does just because I've been on the other end of that so many times. Sure. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think it's a, I, I think it shows weakness in character. Yeah. And I think it shows insecurity in somebody's self. When yeah. when they are unkind to people for no reason. Yeah. Especially and especially in that situation because it tends to be like a status thing, like I think I'm above this person mm-hmm. or wherever that may come from. And it's just it's just gross to me. Yeah. It's just okay. All right. What sound or noise do you love? You know what sound I really love? What? is the sound of a fresh cola Are in a glass of ice. Are <laughs>
2: you kidding
0: a You take a glass filled with ice and just pop a Coke and pour it in there. That I is, love that sound so
1: much. the worst sound in the world. It's, it's one of the worst. Maybe the worst.
0: Definitely in the top five. <laughs> yeah, no, the last time we did this, you said that was your least favorite sound. Yeah. And I was like... I actually genuinely love that. (laughs) What noise or sound do you hate? The sound of somebody eating. Okay. Yeah. Like if I can hear you chew, it's a real problem for me.
1: Yeah. I once, uh, I'm just going to show you how petty I am. Uh, I once dialed an emergency call on a friend's phone because he was eating and smacking his lips (laughs) <laughs> and I asked him to stop and he didn't so I swiped his phone from him and I held him the, the emergency call button and they <laughs> called 911 oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it just brought this horrible horrible version of me out from the surface yeah no I get it <laughs> and, and he hung up and then he
0: had to call oh, they, of course they called back and he's like, no, sorry, it was a style. If you said, um, after after that incident, I followed him home and strangled him in front of his family, <laughs> I'd be like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with your methods, but I, I understand them. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what is your
2: favorite curse word?
0: Cunt. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Short, and especially sweet. when an Englishman or a uh, or a uh, Australian says it. Yeah, when a Nazi says it. Yeah, they've got a certain way. Maybe it's their accent that that does it. But also, it's one of those that like. And when an American says it, it just cuts. <laughs> it
1: does. It does. Here in the states, it, it definitely just does. It
0: Takes the breath out of people. Like, oh yeah. my god.
1: Yeah, people who I don't. Love it. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't care about any type of swearing, but that word. Yeah that'll, yeah, that'll get people. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. What profession, other than your own,
0: would you like to attempt? I've always wanted to be the guy who writes the jokes on popsicle sticks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what an interesting profession. I guess somebody's got to do it.
1: That's funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah popsicle sticks because i love dad jokes okay always have always will yeah and i love dumb popsicle stick jokes like sure uh like, com- coming what, up with yeah them? like uh, what's what's a dentist's favorite time on a clock
1: at what time 2 30 <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like i'd love i love them so much okay and i was thinking about like at some point Somebody had to come up with these dumb jokes. Like, I yeah. want to be the popsicle stick joke writer guy. Okay. Seems like the greatest job in the world. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sit there and think of dumb, dumb All right. jokes. Yeah. All right.
1: What profession would you not like to do?
0: County alderman. I don't even know what it is, but it sounds like it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what an alderman does, but, like, it doesn't sound interesting. It's definitely,
1: yeah, I mean, do you want to tell people that you're an alderman? Let's see. So, an alderman is a member of the municipal legislative body in a town or city in many jurisdictions.
0: Yeah, I fell asleep as soon as you started that sentence. It
1: sounds horrible. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It sounds horrible. It, it could also be a noble of high rank or authority in Anglo-Saxon... England. Okay, now it sounds kind of sweet. Yeah, but that—that that was the—that was—that was down on the definition list. That was, that was far <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, there. no, no. <laughs> First effort. Defi- yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: You were right. Coheden Cambria stinks. I'm sending Claudio Sanchez <laughs> to hell. <laughs> That's right. I'll never let it go.
1: (laughs) You heard it here. God listens to the show.
0: Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the universe where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host, he's a genie in a bottle, you gotta rub him the right way, (laughs) it's Micah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh yep that's me it gets really weirdly sexual when you're saying that (laughs) about a guy
0: (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, man um yeah so we're talking about blade runner today i'm excited i'm excited this was a recommendation to you and specifically i had us do blade runner the final cut which is the latest iteration of blade runner
0: yeah so what did that mean because i Honestly, at first I wasn't hundred percent sure I was in the right spot. Is that like a a remastered version of it? Yes,
1: it is. It is. We'll we'll get we'll get a little bit into the weeds about that, because that is a little bit more of a complex answer than maybe what you're thinking. But yeah, so Blade Runner, nineteen eighty two, film by Ridley Scott, starring good old Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford playing uh, a guy who goes by the name of Deckard. And he is something called a Blade Runner, which is a police task force that is hired to hunt down and kill androids, robots, basically. But they're so sophisticated that they're really hard to tell them from humanity. And they're called replicants. So that's the very bare bones of of the story of this movie. Um, Thor, what was your general thoughts or what were your general thoughts?
0: My my first thought watching this was, God damn, I forgot how much of a babe Harrison Ford was. Right. A young Harrison Ford, he was probably what, like early thirties, late twenties in this? Yeah, I'm not sure. He I mean, it's just I saw and I was like, oh shit, I forgot.
1: Yeah. Good looking guy, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um my initial, I love that this movie is set in 2019, Yeah, you know, so it was set yep. three years ago. Yep. Good old time when cars flew. Yep. And androids walked, <laughs> yep.
1: walked the earth. And the sun did not shine in California because that's where this movie took place.
0: Oh, I assumed. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it tells you that yeah. right in the beginning. It tells you yeah. it's 2019 Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yep. Set-wise, like, design-wise, mm-hmm. the feel of the movie is so cool.
2: Yeah. That's
0: the first thing that you notice right off the bat, is they set this very dark, gritty, sci-fi setting.
1: Yeah. The world sucks in this area. Like, it, it <laughs> sucks. I'm so glad it's not 2019 anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um yeah, okay. So, so we overall like the setting. what do you think about the soundtrack?
0: Just curious. I liked most of it. I really did. What I actually wrote down a note on that. Yeah. Especially my favorite part. Big heads up as always. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about this movie in depth. It's 40 years old at this point. So, get with it.
1: 82 was 40 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. And I was born seven years after that.
1: Yeah. Right. I was born in 88. Ugh. I think about the '80s like they were 20 years ago. For some reason, it's stuck in my brain that way. Like as I've gotten older, it hasn't stopped. Yeah, like it's always the,
0: just been yeah. I yeah, like 20, the '80s is just 80s, like 20, yeah, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, the Ugh. '90s were just yesterday. Right? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah. In any case, uh, soundtrack. I I loved the, the like the score okay. to this. It was the score was great. Especially the part where he's tracking down. The Lady with the Snake Tattoo.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, It yeah. has
0: this, like, really, this P.I. classic jazz style with the saxophone, the lonely saxophone going. I loved the soundtrack.
1: Uh, yeah, it was really, really good. How'd you feel about um Harrison Ford's acting capabilities? Because he's always been an actor to me anyways, where Harrison Ford is kind of Harrison Ford in a lot of his movies.
0: Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't love his performance. Oh, yeah? yeah i didn't i i didn't hate it yeah but it didn't stand out to me my okay. honestly probably my two favorite performances were the two replicants the mm. the ones that made it the longest the, okay roy batty mm-hmm. and uh pris was girl. her name yeah. yeah
1: the pleasure doll basically yeah or the pleasure unit
0: or whatever they called it yeah. yeah. Oh, she was the pleasure unit. Uh-huh. I thought the snake lady who was stripping was
1: no. She uh, the snake lady who was stripping was I forget what she what her role was, but it, it wasn't that one. Okay. But I mean, she did happen to be in a strip club. But they they were like, yeah, uh, danger and beauty or something like that when they were given the rundown of the four of them. Okay. Yeah. So so the basic plot line of this is. It's Harrison Ford. His name is Deckard. He's got a first name, but everybody just calls him by his last name, Deckard. Even on IMDb, they're just like, yeah, it's Deckard. Um, And he basically gets arrested and brought into the police station. And he gets arrested because he wouldn't have come if his buddies would have just asked him to come. (laughs) So so they explain to him that these replicants, which are created by this Tyrell Corporation, Mm -hmm. they're almost indistinguishable from humans. Except that they're stronger, faster, and at least as smart as the engineers that made them. So they're superhumans, basically. They got on a ship off-world, and they're used for slave labor, right?
0: Yeah, because they were banned from Earth.
1: Yeah, exactly. They were used for slave labor, and then on some off-world colony, they had a revolt. They killed a bunch of people, had a rebellion. And so they're like, you know what? Don't come back to Earth. So (laughs) if you come back to Earth, we're going to send a Blade Runner after you, and they're going to kill you. And that's the gist of, of what's going on. Four, well, actually six replicants basically hijacked a ship, killed all the passengers on it, brought it to Earth. And on the down low, they're trying to retire is the term that they use. But it's it's hunt them down and kill them.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and the movie starts out even before we meet Harrison Ford. There's a Blade Runner talking to one of the replicants in the movie, and he's t- putting them through this test. And they call it a void comp test, which it's basically filled with a bunch of questions that are supposed to evoke an emotional response of some type. And while they're asking them these questions, they're recording like zoomed in on their irises and checking to see if there's any physical responses that will tell us, oh, they're having some type of emotional response.
0: Yeah, I kind of. So the purpose of that, I guess, is. As far as the emotional response, because they're machines, it's to like present them with a scenario that they don't really know how to react to. And then that's why they have the response.
1: Yeah, basically. That's kind of what it seems like to me.
0: Uh,
1: Either either they would respond differently because they are machines. And I think part of that, too, is um, as we get into the plot and meet Rachel, a a future replicant that we meet um, with her, they've provided her with false memories. But she's new. And this is something that they kind of make it seem like it's newer to do that because it makes them easier to control. So that makes me think that these older replicants, the ones that they were interviewing, don't have those false memories and don't have anything to base decisions off of, basically. Yeah. So, so they really are more machine, so to speak. Okay. That's kind of what I got out of it. But, um, but anyway, that Blade Runner just gets blown away the replicant says F this and he just kills him and so Deckard is hired to then hunt down these four surviving replicants because two of them died um, in like an electric field or something like that Yeah. so that's where that's where the movie basically picks up its stride Deckard goes on the case he comes out of retirement for this they kind of strong arm him into it he's like I don't really have a choice do I and he's like basically no no, you do not.
0: Which is so funny. Why was he? Re- he's like once again. He's maybe thirty in this movie. He's already retired. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. He, that that is kind of weird. Actually, I didn't think about that. But yeah, he's pretty young to be retired. They must. They must pay those Blade Runners pretty yeah. well.
0: Jesus, yeah. you remember back in 2019 when he could retire at 30 <laughs> from Blade Running? Blade Running. <laughs> ah, uh, I wish I had
1: been a Blade Runner. Yeah.
0: Back when cars flew. Good old days. Good old days back
1: in, yeah, 2019. So so what were your initial thoughts on some of the characters? Maybe. Maybe we start start with that. How do you feel about these replicants?
0: So I do have a couple notes on different characters. First of all, bow tie origami guy. He's not a replicant. No, he is not. He, But he is another character. He wears a bow tie and he keeps making origami. Yeah, he's you know, also like a cop, right?
1: He's, he's a Blade Runner. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's another Blade Runner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, his name is Gaff. G-A-F-F.
0: He was, was such a weird character. And it, like, <laughs> you know who played him? Who? Yeah.
1: Edward James Almos. That's who that was. Oh,
0: wow. A young Edward James Almos. Yeah, James.
1: young Edward James, James Almos.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so Bowtie Origami Guy. I. This is a movie I, I feel like I might have to watch a second time yeah. to really fully get it. Okay. But I don't really want to. <laughs> but in any case, so Bowtie Origami guy, he's just kind of a weird character to me. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Roy Batty. Yeah. He's kind of like the big bad, the evil replicant, kind of the leader of the replicant.
1: Yeah, he was the combat unit that they...
0: Yeah, who talks... He talks like James Lipton. <laughs> he talks like, like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. He was funny. I liked him. Um, I thought that was a good character. It was... A little bit cheesy. He a little kinda, bit. Kind of talked, once again, like a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, That's really poetic. Silly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and he was a combat unit, too, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah. And then the, uh you know, I'm guessing it was his love interest, it kind of seemed like. The the other replicant. Yeah, Pris. Pris. Yeah. I loved her. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I thought that was a great character. She played the kind of like unhinged femme fatale character sure really well especially when she put the bowie makeup on her face she had her like eyes painted i she really played that role well of being like manipulative and oh yeah but also charming when she needed to be yep and just a little bit off i i really liked her character
1: yeah absolutely
0: and i also (laughs) here's the thing oh what's (laughs) it sebastian okay the biological geneticist uh-huh. who talked like this. He's talk like he's from the bayou. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's a chess genius. Yeah. Who creates lifelike cyborgs. Yeah. But he talks like this. But it talks like this. <laughs> yeah. <it's> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> But I did like him. He was uh, likable, and his weird toys, his weird yeah, he had these, like, like
1: toy oh. friends. Basically, he, you could tell he was a really lonely person. Yeah, you know, you know, it's kind of just total side note. I didn't remember that his name was Sebastian. I watched this, I, I watched this every like three years. I watch this movie, it, it, and every time I, I've, I kind of forget what that guy's name is, but Sebastian and. This time around, when I heard that his name was Sebastian, I thought of Parks and Recreation, and I thought of that stupid miniature pony, Little Sebastian.
0: Bye, bye, that's exactly, Little Sebastian. That's exactly
1: what my brain, <laughs> I heard Chris Pratt, he's like, my name's J.F. Sebastian. And my brain immediately Just went, again. bye, bye, Little Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God damn. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Oh, Shout out, little Sebastian. RIP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: How about Rachel? What'd you think about her as a character?
0: Oh, okay. We got to talk about this. Yeah. I have some questions. Okay. But m- more importantly, we got to get right down to the fact that, so she becomes his love interest. Yes. And the scene where they get together is Uh a little uncomfortable uncomfortable (laughs) yeah a little bit he's like (laughs) we're basically she's like no i don't want to kiss you so he pushes her up against a wall and is like say you want to kiss me and she's like (laughs) i want to kiss you
2: yeah it's
0: we i watched this with kendra we watched this together okay and we both just looked at each other and we're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> like you could not make this like genuinely people say that a lot about things in movie and tv like from you know years past like you couldn't do this now you sure. probably could that that scene does not hold up well okay so
1: why doesn't it hold up well let me, let's, let's pry, let's, let's peel the layers well, back here. Be, here's Why does it pull back or hold up well?
0: I mean, maybe it didn't even hold up well then. I okay. mean, I don't know how that scene was received ever. Yeah. Because here's essentially what is happening is mm-hmm. he knows that she's into him and wants him. Okay. And so essentially what he is doing is just getting her to admit it to herself. Yeah. And so, and just so to say it. But the fact that he physically pushes her up against the wall and is like, say you want to kiss me. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's not the way to go about it. Okay.
1: Here is the crux of the purpose of the film. All right. And this is, is, we're getting into the weeds here, which is, this is perfect. Um, I'm just going to preface. I don't agree with the argument that I'm going to make. Okay. Okay. But... If you were to, let's say, turn on a drone, like a flying drone, and tell it to fly forward, and it looks at you and says, no, I don't want to do that. What would you do? All right. She's not human.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: All right. We're looking at it, though, from the viewpoint that she is human.
0: Yeah, well the actors who plays her as a human. That's yeah. where that's where it gets but yeah, yeah. No, I see where you're going with that. But, yeah.
1: But and, and that's this whole film really, really touches on what is humanity and what is the purpose of humanity, what makes us quote unquote people, right? Mm-hmm. Because these these replicants are almost indistinguishable from biological people. But yeah. they are 100 percent, if they show up on Earth, they will be killed. But they're not even called killed. They use the term yeah, they're retired. Not alive. Yeah, yeah they're so retired. they use the term retired. So Harrison Ford's doing this. Is he in love with her or is it a machine on that part? Is she human to him? And to go along with that, the replicants, are they human? Because they seem to care about each other quite a bit. And quite a bit more than a lot of the people, like the actual, quote unquote, humans do in this movie. If if you look at human interaction in this movie, none of it's good. There's there's not one single moment, really, where a person goes to another person and there's a genuine, positive relationship. Yeah, no,
0: like you said, this is a shitty place to live and it seems like everyone is kind of out for themselves. right? Right. But the replicants, the four of them, they're sticking together. And their whole purpose, what they're
1: trying to do is they're they're trying to meet their maker and they're trying to live longer. They, they, they just want a longer lifespan. Because something that we haven't touched on yet is this is a model called the Nexus 6. And this specific model, they put a, a failsafe in so that there will be less revolutions, less rebellions, that type of thing. Yeah, and they only live for four years. Four years. That's it. So, yes, they murdered a bunch of people. Obviously, that's a bad thing. But their goal literally is self-preservation in this. And they feel like the entire universe, not even just the planet, but the universe is against them. Right. And and what do they want to do? They want to live longer. That's the crux of the conflict of this movie. So it was it was definitely uncomfortable looking at that kind of weird, romantic moment between Harrison Ford, if you'd call it romantic moment between Harrison Ford and the, I'm sorry, Deckard and Rachel but like the fact that we both are like this is uncomfortable we're seeing her as human and and Correct. i think that that's that's part of the whole point
0: of that interesting i didn't even think of it that way that is true and like i got the point that it's like she's a machine so he can so i did get that but i didn't... Yeah. and i will say i'm always on the side of like if i play mass effect mm-hmm. i'm always siding with the geth Always.
1: <laughs> okay. The Geth were pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And so from my perspective, cause especially like, you know, this is kind of like a relevant topic in the sense that, you know, you have a Google researcher who said he's been interacting with an AI that he believes may truly be self-aware yeah. or is, or it's getting close to it. Right. And so I'm very much whether wrong or right. I, it, it's unimportant. Um, but from my perspective, I don't necessarily see a huge gap between what we would call artificial intelligence yeah. and...
1: Like artificial life and, and natural life type of thing?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So so for me, I definitely saw that scene as like... <laughs> that's kind sure. Of, that's yeah. messed
1: up. And I think that it was designed to be
0: that way. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Absolutely. But I, I just think that like it's designed to be that way. It is uncomfortable, unquestionably. That's an uncomfortable moment. Yeah. But she's not human. And if a machine isn't working alright and I'm removing all of the humanity 100% from it yeah. I'm not saying that it was right in this case but if a machine doesn't work you fix it or you destroy it
0: yeah you fix it by pushing it up against a wall yeah, and, and able, telling it to love tell me, me you tell me you want to kiss me yeah Yes. Tell me you want me to take you to bed. <laughs> God <laughs> damn, it's so fucking uncomfortable.
1: It is it is. Admittedly, it's uncomfortable.
2: But I but would it, say
0: probably the best scene in the movie, though, because it's the most memorable. It's yeah. the most emotion it evokes the most emotion of anything in the movie. Yeah. That one scene. Yeah. Yeah, it it's definitely there's a lot
1: of scenes in in my opinion in this movie where they do a lot of visual storytelling where like the camera pans on and the scene technically like could be over the scene could end but they just don't cut and they kind of keep it going and they try to tell you things through visual means just like uh touching on how awful society is or touching on like you know x y and z
0: yeah it does world building that way there's a i can specifically think of one where i noticed that was oh it was the conversation between two characters one of them was the first replicant that dies okay the guy or i guess he's the second one maybe yeah he's the, the second the one. guy replicant not not roy yeah and he has a conversation with somebody else in kind of like an alleyway leon and was it, the one and then it pans away and you just see a bunch of kids riding, riding a, bike? a bike yeah riding bikes uh-huh yeah
1: yeah i think that that conversation was with it was leon which is the the dude with the mustache the other replicant and oh, okay. it was and it was um Our our main guy, Batty. Roy Batty. I think it was the two of them walking. But yeah, they walk away and then, but the camera keeps, like, just kind of, and as they walk off into the distance, like, these kids just ride biking, riding bikes come towards you. Yeah. And it just, it's, they do a lot of this trying to tell you things about the world just through visual means.
0: Yeah. And that's, like I said, I felt after I watched this is like. I feel like I need to kind of watch this again. Yeah. Specifically because for me, I felt like the story was, it felt hard to follow. Okay. Or more so, or like kind of like jumped, like would spend way too much time on one thing and then spend way too little time explaining something else. And I'm like, I could use a little more explanation. Here.
1: Sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, so, so the, It starts off as like an investigation because he's trying to find these replicants. He doesn't know where they're at. Yeah. And they come into like an apartment of some kind. Uh, So Harrison Ford's character, Deckard, and then Edward James, almost character, Gaff. They, I guess, are kind of like partners, but they never interact with each other. Like Gaff is just taking them around places. But they go into some apartment of some kind and he's just kind of looking through and you don't even know why they're there. And then he picks up this weird thing that looks like maybe a scale. Maybe it's a little bit of a a goo. I don't know. But they put it into a Ziploc bag. And then that's it. There's no explanation. There's no talking. There's no, hey, look what I found. Anything like that. It's just all you're seeing this thing happen. And then the next scene goes to the replicants and it's Batty and Leon. And so Roy Batty goes, so did you go get your precious books? And he said, no, someone was there. Right. And so you then you realize, oh, they're they were like they found out where the replicants were hiding out. But then what's that thing that he picked up? Because it doesn't tell you what it is. And so so he uses that and he goes into the underbelly of society and finds somebody who has like a crazy microscope and can zoom in. And they're like, oh, well, this is an artificial snake scale. And there's a serial number on this snake scale. That serial number belongs to this manufacturer. So then he goes to the manufacturer. <laughs> yeah. All right. And it's, it's like some Egyptian guy. And he goes, hey, did you make this? And he goes, yeah. And he said, do you have a lot of customers? I'm, I'm abridging it quite a bit. Yeah. But he says, yes, not many. And that snake scale, I sold it to this place. And so then he follows that and goes to this place. And that's where he runs into the lady with the snake tattoo on her arm. And he kind of was using that to track her down. He didn't know who it was, but that was his only lead. And so then he finds her and he knew that's who she was because he had seen their pictures at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, the weird zoom-in thing he was doing with the picture. So, actually, I want to touch on the pictures. It's so funny to me. I love watching... Because, like, once again, this is set in 2019. Yeah. It was set three years ago, Mm -hmm. four years ago, whatever. Um, I love watching old movies when they show the future and it's kind of like current times because they all get it so wrong. It's oh, yeah. so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to watch how wrong they get it. Yeah. The fact they're all carrying around Polaroid pictures. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. it, it's so ins- it's so cool to me that nobody could have foresaw in their wildest imagination that we would all just be carrying around these little rectangles that have all the information ever collected by humanity. Yeah, attached at to one it. touch and all your pictures. Like physical the concept of physical pictures. Yeah. is is a big part of this movie. And yeah. It's like
1: yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: nobody has physical pictures anymore in any like science fiction writers they never foresaw that the biggest leaps in technology would be like digital communication. Yeah, sure. Communication and digital Technology as opposed to like physical technology, like it's flying cars and yeah, artificial robot like robots who can mimic humanity.
1: Yeah, like and way off on those type of things. Yeah, totally for that's sure. That's
0: always fun to watch. Yeah,
1: but um, eventually he ends up tracking down the uh, the lady. She's doing like a, um, an exotic dancer type of routine, and see, for me, I felt like this moment where he meets the exotic dancer, this replicant. It's a rare moment where Harrison Ford actually acts.
0: Yeah, that right? is true.
1: I feel like a lot of times Harrison Ford is just Harrison Ford in movies. Not that that's a bad thing, but that's just, that's just who he is. Yeah, there are like, those
0: actors who do that. So. Yeah,
1: but when he got into that area and the character Deckard had to put on a facade and he like he he upped the the pitch of his voice a little bit and he kind of like looked around and looked a little shifty looking and
0: he's like I'm a dorky photographer yeah, I work for exactly. a magazine.
1: And and I, I watched that and I'm like, oh wow. Like Harrison Ford's doing work here. Like he's <laughs> he's like doing something different. I really enjoyed that. I mean,
0: he then That part that part was funny. I I <sighs> liked I liked that. Yeah. It, was, it was silly to see him. It was a little bit cheesy, but yes. I mean, you got to you yeah. got to give it a little bit of leeway. It's 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. I was, that part did. I was laughing a good bit at that.
1: Yeah. So, so the, so then he, he finds the chick, chases her in the streets, guns are down. Something that really said a lot to me was that he guns her down, middle of the
2: street.
0: There are still people just walking around. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's like, get out of the way. And they're like, okay, guys. Yeah. yeah. He's, He's like, bam, shooting. bam, bam. And they're just walking. They're like, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Another
0: day. Another day in 2019, (laughs)
1: right? Um, And so the the replicants on another side start trying to find out how, like, how do they get in touch with their creator? So they reach somebody in the Tyrell Corporation who ultimately just makes eyeballs. That's his whole thing is he creates the eyes for replicants.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the eyeball guy.
1: Yeah, and there was a lot to be said about eyeballs in this, too. Have you noticed that there was like a weird kind of fixation on eyes with this?
0: Yeah, yeah, because their whole that's how they figure out the replicants. They have a camera zoomed up in on their eye yeah. to see if the irises get bigger. Yeah, it's did, really about the eyes.
1: Did you also notice that with the replicants, a lot of times you would see like a reflection yeah, in their, their pupil? Yeah,
0: their were shiny. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then even, even when they do end up finding... The leader of the, or not the leader, but the owner of the company, Tyrell, Dr. Tyrell. How does he kill him? He finds him and he's like, I want you to give us more life. And he's like, nope, can't do that. Because like if we try to do it, your body is going to produce a virus and it's going to kill you, basically. And so what's he do? He kills him. He kills yep. his maker by gouging out his eyes. Yep. So the, basically, it's that's that's kind of the crux of it. Harrison Ford kind of meets up with Rachel at the beginning and she's a replicant that's brand new. And Harrison Ford is tasked with testing out this void compf machine that was used on the original replicant on this new Nexus to see if the machine's busted or see if there's something wrong with the machine. And Rachel takes a lot longer to kind of to realize for the for the test to be like, oh, this is a replicant. They say something like it usually around twenty to thirty questions. She took like a hundred. Yeah. Over a hundred. Yep. And the way that they did that is they implanted false memories into her. And they found that if they started doing that, then they had more of a sense of self and they ultimately became easier to control. So that with the shorter lifespan, the rebellion was much, much, much less.
0: So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Am I correct in this whole movie, they're kind of leading you to believe that Deckard himself may be a replicant. <laughs> okay, that—that that is what's going on here, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he's questioning himself, a la the weird daydream about a unicorn. Yeah, out of nowhere, like that. <laughs> you could have done any, like. He's sitting there daydreaming and he just has a daydream about a A unicorn. unicorn. How much money did they spend on that scene? (laughs) Probably a lot. Or a unicorn. He could have done anything else. Probably a lot. It made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Just the fact that it was a unicorn.
1: Yeah. Well, what it did allow them to do is it allowed them to do a callback at the very end of the movie because.
0: Oh, the origami guy. Origami guy. That's what he left for him was a unicorn. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, yes, you're 100% correct. In fact, when when um, when I decided to recommend this to you, again, I got an idea of a recommendation from online. I threw it out there. And um, my Uncle Tony was like, hey, Blade Runner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's such a great movie. I knew it. I wasn't sure if you knew it. And it turns out you didn't. Yeah. So I let my Uncle Tony know. Uncle Tony, thank you for the recommendation. Um, and he said, when you guys watch this, or when you guys talk about this let me know I want to send you a question and I'm like I'm like okay well I've seen it so what question I'll make sure to ask it and he says was Deckard a replicant what do you think Thor do you think because it kind of teeters
0: the line and again this whole movie is bridging on what is it that's human yeah because Rachel even says it to him she's like have you done the test yourself exactly yeah so what do you think I think yes and here's my reasoning why is because blade runners are meant to catch these super soldiers. Uh-huh. So why wouldn't you want a super soldier that to be able to do it? And then you implant them with this, these false memories. So they, and they're specifically their whole purpose is to kill replicants. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they're going to rebel. Cause basically their whole purpose is to also kill is to kill replicants. So why would they, rebel sure so yes I think he was you think he was a
1: replicant there's a lot of ambiguity in this movie there's a lot of um, like figuring things out and leaving it up to the viewer to make that decision sometimes I feel like that's a cop-out I feel like it's kind of well done in this one in this case I'm not sure where I stand with it I'm still like on the fence I see arguments for both sides of it yeah so, so that takes me to so you think yes he was a replicant
0: all right. yeah. oh yeah, definitely.
1: All right. so you've mentioned a couple of things and and I've been I've been wanting to kind of get a full grasp on where you kind of stand without, without getting your um, your ratings yet right sure yeah but the first thing you asked me was why is this the final cut or something along those lines? There are at least seven versions of this film.
0: Okay <laughs> right
1: all different cuts. Um, there was a tester version that they showed, and it was not very well received. Um, and then there was basically another version that was tested somewhere else, in San, I think in San Diego, and again, wasn't very well received. So what they ended up doing, because Ridley Scott didn't have final rights to this film, so they, the producer, the production company brought Harrison Ford in before the movie hit theaters and had him do a voiceover, like a narrator, like film noir style, over the entire film. So imagine the movie that you just watched, but Harrison Ford is narrating everything. That was the theatrical release. But Harrison Ford and Ridley Scott were both pretty opposed to having that because they felt like it spoon-fed the audience quite a bit. In addition to that, the theatrical release added an extra scene at the end of the movie. And it was Harrison Ford's character, Deckard and Rachel, driving in a car, driving away from the city. And while they're driving away from the city, the movie ends with the origami guy, Edward James Almost, Gaff. He's like, hey, you've got one more replicant. It's a shame she's going to die because they find out she's a replicant and they're like, well, we got to kill her too. And Harrison Ford's character is not a, not all about that. Yeah, no. Right? So
0: He's like, I got a sex bot. Yeah. I'm getting rid of this thing. So
1: so the end of the movie initially was them leaving the apartment and as Harrison Ford shuts the door, credits roll. And that's the ending that we saw because we watched the final cut. Yeah. But in the theatrical version, there's another scene after that. And it's them... They call it the riding off into the sunset scene. They call it the happy ending version of the movie. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is saying in the in the over in the narration in the monologue that Gaff showed up, but he let her live. He let her live. Because he's like, she's only gonna be around four years. So what's that matter? That was his mindset. But actually, Rachel's a new model and she didn't have the four year lifespan. She had a longer lifespan. Like, there was no cut date for her. And all of this is being said, narrating over top of the film. And that's how it ends. Yeah. How would you feel about it with... um, Because a common complaint was that the movie was hard to follow. Okay. Which is one of the reasons that they added the narration. And how do you feel like that would have affected your experience with the movie?
0: Well, I mean, maybe if I lived in 19... So, I like an open ending... I like an open-ended close to a movie. Yeah. Not always, but like in the platform. Sure. I didn't love it. Yeah. But we also got a lot less information about the world in the platform. I wanted that more information true. on the world specifically for that. So yeah. not always, but generally, I I like an open-ended like uh, close to a movie. Okay. I don't like having all the answers. Okay. All right. I like filling in for myself. Sure. Like i I fucking hate the end of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I hate the end of the Harry Potter movies. Why, why do you hate the end of the Harry Potter movies? All right. So, the end of the Harry Potter movies, or the very last one. Okay. They kill Voldemort. Yeah. Day is saved. Sure. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on here before. Have I don't you? care. I hate it. What happens is Ron, Harry, Hermione, they're standing on the bridge. The battle is done. Voldemort's been defeated. Mm hmm. And Ron or one of them goes like, you still have the Elder Wand. And Harry snaps it. He throws it off the bridge. That's where they should cut to the credits. Okay. But instead, they do a weird time jump where they age up Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and do the whole thing with their like this is our gay son <laughs> albus severus albus severus yeah, potter, potter and it's like i hate i hate that any like let just leave a little bit of mystery <laughs> it's so, okay so that's an example of when i hate like, when you I, hate don't, I don't need everything wrapped up in a tight needy a neat tidy little bow okay all right all yeah right. so i i honestly i i certainly think it's ended better the way it ended okay I think them riding off into the sunset is unnecessary because it's kind of kind of felt like it was going that way anyway yeah like I'm unsurprised that that they're like yeah let's do this sure because it was kind of leading there anyway yeah as far as narration over the top of it I can tell you that the narration I, was not very good yeah I mean maybe if it it maybe I'll, I'll but, play
1: I'll play you a clip and see what you think about it in my opinion. It's not good. It's it's like too much narration.
0: Okay. It's, yeah, that seems bad, though.
1: It's way too much. Um, so the main cuts of the film are the theatrical cut, which was the very first one. And then they did the director's cut, which came out like in the 90s. And that was more in line with what Ridley Scott's vision of the movie was going to be. And then there's the final cut, which is what we watched. And the final cut is basically the director's cut. It's almost shot for shot. The only difference is that there's a little bit more violence in the final cut. Um, there's a scene where so when um, batty when batty is hunting down Deckard at the very end and it's the last replicant and Deckard yeah and he he starts going freaking nuts. You know what's happening is his time is coming up Mm -hmm. and he feels he feels that he's like, oh, shit, I'm about to die. And so there's a scene where he he pulls out like a long, just like long stake nail out of out of a beam of a building and just stabs it through his hand. So that scene where he stabs it through his hand, um, that's in the final cut, but it's not in the director's cut. It's like it starts to show it. But before skin breaks and blood pops out everywhere, they cut. Okay. And and then the scene where he kills his when he, when he kills Tyrell, um, the camera stays on and you see him gouging out the eyes and the blood popping out of the eyes. They cut that too. So they added some more or, or kept in some more of the like, gore, so to speak, or the violence okay. in there. And then they remastered it. That's what the final cut is. Yeah. So so that's the movie, right? I mean, ultimately, it's supposed to leave you with this question of: Is Deckard a replicant? I'm on the fence. I don't know. To be honest, I don't I don't feel strongly enough either way to say yes or no, which I know is kind of a cop out. Yeah. But um, I just I legitimately I want to lean with no, but I don't know if I can give you a a really good reason why that I think that it's very suspicious that he's got this weird dream of a unicorn and then a unicorn is placed on like on the table or on the floor. As yeah. they're trying to escape.
0: Well, let me ask you this: How does so? There's a when he's first talking with Rachel, he's like asking her about these memories that she has. Yeah. How does he know about those memories? Well, he so. Did he get a list of the memories that were implanted in her?
1: Yeah, he went. Well, I'm guess. I'm guessing that you know it's something that doesn't happen on camera. Okay. So so I'm what I'm guessing is because she leaves after the test. And then they talk and then it cuts to the replicants. So like yeah. him and Tyrell are talking.
0: And then she just shows up at his apartment. Exactly. And she's kind of that whole scene is her essentially questioning like.
2: Yeah. She's like, oh, shit, I Ant- think I'm a replicant. Yeah, could I be a replicant? starts
0: to figure out I might be a replicant. Yeah. So I, that, that was a little bit confusing to me because I'm like, why does, how does he know this? Why does he know this? Is he, that's the first thing that made me start thinking that he's a replicant. I'm like, maybe he fucking knows he's a replicant. Oh, gotcha. Because like he has those memories too. Like I, so yeah. I think he's a replicant. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna go on he's not. That's that's gonna I'm just I'm I hate milk toast fence sitters. Sure. So I'm gonna yeah. just make a stand. I'm gonna even if it's wrong, I'm gonna say he's not. He's not a replicant. I think that the unicorn on the floor was coincidence and that's it. It's all for me. Yeah. Um Bowtie origami guy was
0: just he just likes making all kinds of stuff. He's not a great character. Uh, uh, he's, <laughs> he has like one line <laughs> and then he's just folding origami. Yeah. Um, so
1: did you recognize the actress who played Rachel? Did she look familiar to you? No. She didn't look familiar to you? What if I said two words? What if I said Finkel and Einhorn? Finkel and Einhorn. Finkel
0: and Einhorn. Einhorn. Finkel. Finkel. Einhorn. Dub. So, bad guy in, or the bad girl in Ace Ventura yep <laughs> oh, wow okay right on. <laughs> that's her
1: that's nice. her yeah I was watching this and I'm like man she again I watch this like every three years four years something like that so I'm watching I'm like man she just looks familiar so I am imdb beat her and I'm like I think that that's the the cop that all the cops made out with <laughs> <laughs> and and then i looked at base ventura sure enough bam that's her wow Yup.
0: yeah she was good yeah Yeah.
1: she was a great great role and i when when i recommended this to you you were like is it blade runner or blade runner the sequel and man i wanted to say the sequel i really like the sequel but you gotta watch this one first
0: yeah see uh kendra watched that one the sequel without having watched the first one originally, when that came out she like ran it or something and i either fell asleep or i was just like playing switch or just doing something on my phone i just i i didn't watch it okay so um and and part of that was because i was like i don't i've never seen blade runner i don't care what this is yeah
1: it's us it's such a good movie. I think that the second one's really, really, really good. I like yeah. the second one.
0: I love the world. Yeah, I love what he tried to do. Do you want to move to rating?
1: Yeah, let's go to it. Let's go to ratings. What are your thoughts?
0: So, for me, I'm gonna get. What What are we doing here? A scale oh, of
1: um. Yeah. Uh. So. So why don't we do? Why don't we do? Um. One. To ten
0: replicant eyeballs. Nice. I would yeah. say that. <laughs> 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 1 to 10 replicant eyeballs. Uh-huh. Coming into this, I would say 5 out of 10. Okay. I did not enjoy this very much. Okay. I re- I really didn't. Yeah. Um after talking with you and getting a little bit more insight into it, mm-hmm. I want to watch it again cuz I think I I think I want to go higher on it. Okay. But I just really did not enjoy it that much. Here's the things I don't like about this movie. Hit me with them, Thor. Well, I'll start with what I like. Good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't want to tear it down too much. (laughs) Yeah. I love the world. Okay. It feels dark and gritty and sad and depressing. Ridley Scott is such a great world builder.
1: Yeah. He really is. And this is a pioneer in the whole cyberpunk genre. Yeah like this this film kickstarted a lot of it.
0: Yeah. So visually I love it. Okay. I love the outfits. Um I love the scenery. I love the steampunky technology, the futuristic but also not futuristic. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay. I love the themes and the concepts of dealing with artificial intelligence What is the difference between that and humanity? What is the value of organic and inorganic life? Those themes. Sure. Really enjoy that. What I dislike about this movie, which is just (laughs) it's hard. It was hard to follow. Okay, it really was. But maybe with another watch and actually getting some perspective on some of those things. Yeah. Some of the things that I didn't like is didn't really like. I've kind of came around on a little bit having this conversation. Okay. Is boring. (laughs) <laughs> like, it, is, it is It is boring Like It's a slow burn It, it,
1: really, it really, really is really Admittedly is. it is a slow burn
0: Like genuinely the most exciting part Is him Running down the street to shoot a lady in the back. Yeah, you know what's funny and, is that, and he runs so he's so bad at running, he <laughs> runs into f- five people. He just keeps running into get people. He's like, way. "Get out of my way!" And yeah. he just keeps running into people. You know what's funny is that he didn't kill
1: any of the men replicants. Like, he killed he killed both the women.
0: Yeah, this, and well, and this we're gonna get to this. So the fight. <laughs> The final big action fight scene. Yep. Oh, did it leave you wanting? The whole scene is him just running away. <laughs> yeah. Him just crawling away from the guy. Yeah. And then he ends up saving him. The bad guy ends up just saving him and just dying in front of him because his time's expired. And then a dove flies away. It's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> that's the big... That's him fighting the big bad is just him running away. Yeah. Which I kind of did appreciate. And this part makes me think maybe he isn't a replicant. Okay. Because it's showing you a logical brain, Mm Thor, actually really likes the way that went. Okay. Because it shows that these things are dangerous. Yeah. You can't just be the big hero. He's scared for his life. He Mm -hmm. is running away from this thing.
1: Yeah, he really didn't do anything to it. Yeah,
0: no, it's... Because always in the movies, like, it kind of subverts the idea of, like, the classic hero in, like, an action or a sci-fi movie where he beats, you know, he comes up victorious over the bad guy. Sure. No, he's terrified. He's scared. He's running. Yeah. And. Well, even just the. You know, because this thing is going to kill him. Absolutely. So it just subverts that idea. And it's like, no, the. Good guy doesn't just get to win because he's the good guy. This thing is way more powerful than him. He should be terrified of it. Mm -hmm. So logical part of my brain liked that but emotional part of my brain actually watching the movie. I'm like, this is boring as shit. He's just (laughs) running away. And, and look, there's another fan with light coming through it going, just the lights (laughs) moving as it's a light behind a fan. How many lights do you put all your lights behind fans in this world? Oh yeah. Is every light must be behind a fan. 2019 was very atmospheric (laughs) Thor. (laughs) It was very
2: atmospheric.
0: So emotional part of me was like, this, I hate this. Yeah. Logically, I, get, I don't know if that's why they did that that way. I think it's part of it. It's, and so I did like it. I liked it logically, but actually yeah. watching it, I'm like, this, I'm struggling not to fall asleep watching this.
1: Totally, totally understand that. 100%. I think, too, with the final, uh, you know, the final confrontation... It's definitely not a, a, a fisticuffs, like duke it out type of thing. Yeah. And he does. He's because uh, Deckard is like he is so afraid that he jumps from a building to another building to try and run from this thing. And he doesn't make the jump and he's like hanging there from the building. And so the replicant picks him up one handed, might I add, just picks him up from the wrist And just lifts him up and then puts him on the building. And he gives this interesting speech. I don't remember exactly word for word what he says. But it's something along the lines of like, I have seen a lot of things. He goes, I've seen humanity do a whole bunch of stuff. And all of that is going to be lost to time. Like tears in the rain. Beautiful. Beautiful line. Super poetic. And I think... That what he was doing in that instance was he's only got a four year lifespan and he knows that and he knows that he's dying. All right. That's why he stabbed himself in the hand with the nail to kind of jumpstart him a little bit. Keep him going while he's trying to get. But he realizes I'm dying. I'm going to give him some of my memories. I'm going to tell him some things that I've seen. So these things that I've seen, these memories of mine aren't going to be lost to time. They're gonna live with him and I'm gonna live a little bit longer because they're my memories. That's my thoughts.
0: Yeah, for me, I kind of saw it as, and I think that's true, I didn't necessarily put that together with that. But for me, I kind of saw it as like, not necessarily character motivation, but like story motivation from the right, did Ridley Scott write this? As well, mm, I don't oh. know. To be,
1: uh, no, Ham, Hampton Fancher wrote the screenplay as well as David Webb Peoples, and and it was based off of the Philip K. Dick novel "Do Androids." Oh, okay. St- yeah, "Do Androids okay. Dream of Electric Sheep?" Uh, uh, do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep? Sheep. Sheep. Good lord! <laughs> yeah, I'm like at that. I'm literally
0: <laughs> looking at it right now. Do Androids um, Dream of Electric Sleep? Sheep. So, Good lord! You do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Thank you, Thor. Yeah, no problem. Jeez. <laughs> Dude, you're, it's like a mental... Are you sure you're not a replicant? <laughs> do you know what? sheep? Have you Obed ever it. seen
1: a sheep? <laughs> <laughs> My brain just went porky pig for a moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, But for me, I kind of was like, you really don't see the replicants do anything inherently evil the entire movie. I mean, they do gouge out the, the maker's eyes. Yes. But
1: and then they kill Sebastian. But that's not on camera.
0: Yeah, that is true. Okay, yeah. But but ultimately it was kind of like in desperation. For the most um, part, everything yeah. they did was in desperation in order to survive. Yeah. Cuz you can't help but ask yourself if these guys were just allowed to live,
2: yeah, would they be the bad guys?
0: Would they be the bad guys? And so for me that kind that's kind of what for that scene, that's what I took from it. Sure, it's, the end was like he didn't want to die being the bad guy. Okay, like, he's like, I've seen humans do horribly evil things. Gotcha, and I'm gonna end. And they created me, but I don't have to be them. I can be better than them. Than them?
1: Yeah, I can absolutely see that too.
0: You know, because yeah. he str- struggled all this to just like stay alive, and sure. he's like, that's what humans do. Yeah, and I'm, I can be better than a human. Gosh, now once again, now that I'm talking about it, there's
1: a lot of weight to this film. There's a lot of weight to it. I 100% agree with you. It can be boring. Like you got to be in the right mindset to watch this film. Yeah. You can't just throw this on and be like, oh, maybe I'm going to try and watch a uh, Blade Runner today. Nope. Don't do that, folks. You're not going to enjoy it. All right? You're going to fall asleep or you're going to be on YouTube on your phone. You're going to – your mind will wander. All right? You got to watch it with – I'm going to sit down and pay attention. Like, you really do need to pay attention to this film.
0: For sure. Yeah. Like I said, and actually talking about it Mm -hmm. and kind of contextualizing some of the plot points and stuff like that. Yeah. My vote is five. My score is five out of ten. Okay. But – I'm going to give it another watch, and I think I'm going to come out, come out on a higher score than that. Okay, because there's a lot more to this movie than I initially took away from that first watch. Sure, yeah. Just I, even sitting here talking about it, like I've been like, man, maybe I this movie is better than I thought it was. Just <laughs> just talking about, it, you know yeah. what I mean? I, th- I mean,
1: it was very, it is very critically acclaimed. this is this is a movie. I don't know. I don't know how big the mass appeal was, but I can tell you the sci-fi community, uh, anything, anything partially related to what could be Blade Runner loves this movie. Critic film critics love this movie. Um, I think it is a product of its time made in 1982. It's an old film. Yeah, it's
2: all right.
0: Yeah, it does. And and once again, I've said this before on this show is. I'm never a huge fan of older movies. Yeah, specifically because I they do struggle to keep my attention. Sure, it can be a tough watch. Yeah, and and I do think something's old.
1: Yeah, and I do think the the ideas, the philosophies, the uh, them trying to get you to think about you know what it is to be human, what it is with you know to deal with your mortality, um, and do all of those things. Those are very deep concepts, and I think that they touch on those, but. I think that the film has aged and it doesn't quite match what we expect cinema to be anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I would say, honestly, if this concept like Blade Runner never existed in 1982, they decided to take, you know, Philip K. Dix, do American or do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep and turn it into... A proper you know turn it into a film they would probably go with like a 8 episode series on Netflix. Yeah. Because in the world we live in now those types of like those real deep philosophical concepts being explored in in media yeah. are typically done in like a 6 to 10 episode series.
1: Sure. So that you can really dig into like it. Like a
0: Netflix style series. Yeah. And then movies are typically a little bit more uh easy to digest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, I can tell you that Blade Runner 2049 touches on a lot of the same subjects. Cool. It's a lot of the same questions. Um but it's modernized. It was, you know, the, that movie is only a couple years old. Um that movie's fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna, I I want to watch that now. It's it's fantastic. I like that one more than this one because I feel like movie wise it's better.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's now I do want I want to watch that now because once again, I love the world building. I love the I love the concepts they're touching on. Yeah. I think genuinely probably my biggest problem with this is it's a movie made in the 80s. It just doesn't mm-hmm. hold my interest. Yeah. I you know, our minds have been corrupted by by 4k and <laughs> like
1: an in instant gratification yeah
0: exactly yeah. like yeah so the only hottie that's hotter than harrison ford in his early 30s is ryan gosling in his early 30s he's
1: a good looking man <laughs> he is and jared leto's in that one yeah batista is in that one
0: well uh, from dexter um oh you know he's still
1: the wrestler the wrestler yeah Rodgers. he's in it yeah um harrison ford's in it as well harrison ford's in it too that's all i'll say
0: <laughs> god damn it he's a <laughs> rep I <You> cannot know
1: <laughs> all right uh we're getting a little bit long in the tooth but yeah blade runner solid flick in my opinion. I personally would rate it a little bit higher, but this isn't this isn't my review. This is this is Thor's review. This is my recommendation to Thor. So you heard it here. Get rec podcast five out of 10 replicant eyeballs. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Are you a Blade Runner snob like me and you want to maybe ring Thor's neck a little bit? Mm-hmm. Why don't you put it in
0: the comments? Put it in the questions send us a shout out give us hate mail we would love to why don't you just send me a message push me up against a wall and send me a message that says say you love blade runner
1: (laughs) he'll do it i love blade runner i love blade runner i want blade runner
0: (laughs) (laughs) please give me blade runner please give me blade runner
1: (laughs) Uh, okay um thor what are we getting into next what do you what do you got for me man oh wow i totally unprepared let me (laughs) uh, let me pull out the running list yeah well in that case let me just list a couple of things that i like eggnog after dark i'm a big fan um driving slowly in the rain through a very small town that's that's a lot of fun warm stormy nights under a porch where you don't have to get wet also very therapeutic the end of a marking period where I'm done grading and the weight of a marking period is off of my shoulders. Teachers will know what I mean by that. That's a nice time. Hmm. What are the What are the things do I enjoy? I enjoy being serenaded by Gabby Stallhouse.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh I've I've just become part of that. I've assimilated. Hmm, let's see. You know what? Seltzered water. I'm a big fan of seltzered water. I feel like I'm cheating because I feel like I'm drinking soda, but it's not. It's just water. That's it, always pretty fun. These
0: are ones you've probably seen. Have you seen Birdman with Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Yeah. Okay. Um, Solid flick, though. Have you seen Whiplash with Page? Uh, it's like about drumming, about like a jazz drummer. Oh
1: no, I have not.
0: Oh wow. Okay, well, I have see.
1: not. Is that, um.
0: Oh! Kid from Divergent. He was just in the new Top Gun movie. Okay. Oh, was he in uh, Fantastic
1: Four, the really shitty, mediocre remake? I saw that once.
0: He played, he, I think he played Reed Richards. Um, Gosh, I can't think of his name. He's, like, pretty popular right now. Oh, it's got J.K. Simmons in it. Yep, yeah. and that,
1: that is that is the guy who played Mr. Fantastic.
0: Gosh, what's his name?
1: Miles Teller.
0: Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Great okay. actor. Have you ever seen Whiplash? Nope. I have not. Oh, you're in for a treat. Oh, ho, ho, boy. Okay. Yeah, It's been a while since I've seen this. Yeah. The movie is very critically acclaimed. I okay. I mean, this is what kind of... I'm pretty sure Miles Teller did this after the bad Fantastic Four movie. Yeah if I had to guess this movie probably gave him a lot of cred because so essentially quick brief synopsis. um, Miles Teller plays a college jazz drummer. Okay. And JK Simmons plays his drum teacher. And it is a kind of like a cerebral thriller. Okay. I guess would be the best way to describe it. JK Simmons is pushing him to be the absolute best he can be Hmm. and it causes a lot of friction
1: okay all right well i mean looking at the imdb under the more like this movies it's got fight club pulp fiction inception the prestige the departed and forrest gump and seven i love all of those things i'm not sure about any
0: of that (laughs) it's just like that's such an eclectic thing it is Um, it is a dark heavy it is a dark heavy movie so just be be aware of that like it is very good it is so good but it is a dark movie okay it is very emotional it's good okay all
1: right i'm looking forward to watching this okay so whiplash is what we're getting into next
0: um you guys should watch it. Is it streaming anywhere? Are you So I just pulled up where it streams at. Yeah. It looks like it's not streaming for free anywhere, but you okay. can rent it. All right. Or it looks like maybe two or three bucks. Sure. You could probably rent it on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. It says it's free on Tubi. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know anybody who, watches who uses Tubi. Tubi. I've heard people say like, oh, this is on Tubi, but I don't know anybody who ever watches Tubi. Yeah, me either. So I might give Tubi a try. Oh, no, no. We'll see.
1: You know what? J.K. Simmons is kind of jacked for an old man.
0: He can do that man can do no wrong. He
1: is pretty great. Alright. Um next week, whiplash, watch it. And then next week join us in uh in our conversation about it. Yeah. All right. Um Thor, this has been a pretty fun episode. I hope that you know Blade Runner was an experience at the very least. I get that you probably didn't care for the movie that much, but maybe it made you think about what it is to be human. And uh Maybe that's maybe that's the important thing in life.
0: All too, made me think all too much about it. Yeah, <laughs> back
1: in <laughs> just you know, just be thankful that we're not in 2019. That's that's yeah. another big takeaway. Yeah, from I'm this. glad
0: we're done with flying cars and <laughs> androids
1: and enhancing pictures. Back in
0: the good old days, yeah.
1: But just telling enhance, enhance, <laughs> enhance.
0: Remember all the Polaroids floating around in 2019? They were
1: everywhere. All right. Next week, we're watching Whiplash. My name is Micah. I'm Thor.
0: And as always,
1: you get wrecked, folks. Stay wrecked. Yep. Good night, everybody.